Hey, welcome back to the Fun Belt Podcast. I'm Jeremy Harper with uh, HowRazor.com. With me, as always, is Ben Moore from PantherTalk.com and Dusty Thibodeau from the Warhawk Report. Uh, coming back to you with some Sunbelt Sun Belt information, but mostly I think we're going to be talking about realignment. And I'd really like to hear Dusty's take on this before we hear anybody else's take. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess I'm the most opinionated, the most vocal guy out there. That's why um, you're first. You know, last week, Sunbelt Media Days, we're all happy, harmonious, loving life, loving that college football's coming, and then all hell breaks loose when Texas and Oklahoma decide that they miss Texas A&M so much that they want to go join them again in the SEC. And right in the middle of Sunbelt Media Day. Should, should we the, the big guys are always still in our thunder. Always. Um, I mean, look, last year Sunbelt goes 3-0 against the Big 12 Conference. Yeah, if you can't beat them, join them. Oh, oh wait, no, that's the SEC. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so – what does that mean for the Sunbelt Conference going forward? I, I feel like the conference right now is pretty balanced. It's pretty even. Uh, we haven't seen any changes in, in coming up uh, four years in the conference when New Mexico State, Idaho left, Coastal Carolina came in. Um, why change a good thing? And, and, and really, I don't see any of the member schools except for maybe Louisiana Lafayette uh, jumping the ship. I think everyone else is actually pretty content where they are, fit into the, the footprint feel that this is the home where they can compete and, and be a part of the fire that is the Sun Belt. Hey, Dusty, I agree with you 1,000% on almost 1,000% of what you said. But I, I think – There's always uh, a but. <laughs> there's, there's, here's the but. I think there's always people thinking that the grass is going to be greener somewhere else. Uh, and that, that's been true with every conference, including the Sun Belt. And there's always going to be teams and programs thinking, well, what, what's going on in other places? Uh, I know that personally at Arkansas State, we've uh, had harbored uh, 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 misty eyes for CUSA for a time. And then when they kind of tanked, we had misty eyes for the AAC. And you're right. The Sun Belt right now to me is the – it's probably the it's probably one of the conferences that has the highest ceiling. If you looked at Bill Connolly's report – uh, from ESPN this week, he made a really good point about what good shape that the Sun Belt is in. Uh, but I, I agree with you, Dusty, a thousand percent on uh, standing pat would be great. I would rather see the Big Twelve have to sell off their assets rather than the rest of us selling off ours. Uh, what do you think, Ben? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. And you, you mentioned, you know, briefly about Connolly's piece, and I read the exact same thing you did, uh, specifically talking about Conference USA and, and that how those schools jumped, and that was the last, uh, you know, stable point. Uh, you know, then, then Commissioner Carl Benson jumps on the line and, and says, "All right, everything's good. We're good here." And then, you know, that, then then the roof caves in, and you see the exits uh, of the Florida schools of Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky, things like that. So, um, I, I think if they had a do over. They probably would want to hit that reset button and go back and uh, and and reevaluate things uh, overall. But I, I do think, um, you know, I think it's we're looking at more like a P four situation. I don't I don't think there's going to be five conferences anymore. We've seen 
you know, certainly some statements made uh, not only by, you know, Power Five, you know, commissioners and presidents and things like that. But uh, we've seen things from Cincinnati recently who said, hey, we're trying to reevaluate our options. So uh, what are they looking at? Uh, you know, even West Virginia with the flex video today on Twitter, that was fantastic saying, hey, we're a research tier one university. Don't forget about us over here in the, you know, in, in the heartland of the mountains over here on the East Coast. So um, I, I think it's a brave new world. The timing uh, is very intriguing. Uh, and, and I thought, like others have said, apparently all you have to do to join the SEC is an email, which is amazing. I thought it would be like a packet or a brochure or a you know, tutorial online somewhere. Uh, you, you basically can join the SEC faster than you can uh, get an Excel you know, document sent. So um, credit to uh, those schools for trying and we'll see what happens and uh, the financial windfall that they'll have. I think the biggest yeah. thing that scares me about this whole realignment is looking back at kind of the last time we really saw this big carousel spinning, everyone was jumping ship from the Sun Belt, from Conference USA and everything else to the whack. You had Louisiana Tech, you had Texas State, Utah State. All these schools were going to go out west where it was so great. There was the great gold rush and, you know, the 49ers, hooray, hurrah. Where's the whack now? I mean, I know it's coming back this year, so maybe a bad analogy there. But, but what happened to the whack? And don't blame Carl Benson. Do you think that this could happen again where we have kind of a whack 2.0, where a bunch of schools think the grass is greener on the other side, like you said, jump ship, form, whatever you want to call this conference. And then two years later, we're spinning again, trying to shuffle things out. I think you'd be, I think any program, whether you're ULM or Georgia State or Arkansas State or anybody in the Sun Belt would be, would not be doing their due diligence if they didn't at least sniff around and, 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 and try to figure out if there is, if there's a worthwhile reason to move. Uh, and I honestly, it would be very hard to say, like, what if the Big 12 went down to Monroe, Dusty, and said, hey, you know what? We like really what's going on at ULM. I think uh, Bowen has got things going on. The basketball team seems to be recovered. We're going to bring you into the Big 12, and we're going to get you some P5 money. He'd probably say yes to that, right? If it was a P5. But I don't think the Big 12, first of all, will be a P5 conference anymore. And I don't think that it'll really be the Big 12. It'll be a Big 12 by name. But it really won't be the Big 12. It's kind, of, it's kind of like if we went back and fired back up the old Southwestern Conference. That was yeah. the dominant conference of all of football ever. But if we bring back the Southwest Conference, is it really still the good old Pony Express and company? You know what this reminds me most of? It, it, it's not necessarily the whack that reminds me of. It reminds me of the Big East. Remember when the Big East said, all right, we're going to bring in all these guys. And they brought in like Memphis, for instance. And Memphis was so excited. They were finally in a, in a power conference. And then uh, then they just dissolved. Big E said, we're done. <laughs> so I wonder if the Big 12 is sort of on that way, sort of on that spectacle where they're going to try to cling and, and invite some, some programs in. And then they're just going to realize, hey, we just don't really have a... a we just don't really have a position anymore in the world. And maybe you're right, Dusty. Or I think Ben said the same thing. Maybe we're in a P4 situation and we just need to figure out if if some of our conferences can pick up some of the stragglers from the uh, Big 12 and see how things work out that way. 
Well, yeah, if you're if you're Houston, if you're Memphis, if you're UCF, you know they they were on the short list, if you will, yeah. uh, last time around when the when the realignment circle. Uh, if I'm an administrator from one of those schools, I want to know what this conference is going to look like in three years. You know, what what am I signing on to? What what am I shifting? Uh, because the also the AAC has kind of carved out a pretty good. Uh, revenue stream for them in in football and basketball. So, you know, you don't want to necessarily jump to an unknown, uh, especially with the Big 12, you know, their media rights not being great at all. We we know, you know, that that's what it's all about right now, you know, with the SEC and the Disney money that's uh, got to come roaring in uh, to, to, uh, you know, escalate Texas and Oklahoma. But uh, I think that's the interesting, you know, what, what does the presidents of these schools think their universities are? I think that's the, the biggest statement and seeing what they want to do is we know this is there's a whole lot of ego involved. There's a whole lot of, hey, we're, we're better than this. We're better than that. And I, I'm interested to see in the state of Oklahoma uh, how things are going to go uh, with Oklahoma State and their president, because uh, they're they're potentially threatening legal action. So it, it oh, man, that doesn't that, that doesn't descend into some sort of OK corral. That, hey, that, that, he he that brought it on important. himself when he screamed, I'm a man, come after me. So they're coming after him now. <laughs> they know, no kidding. But, I, you I, know, I will say this. Oklahoma State would be a good fit in the Sun Belt. They already have the mullet presence. They blend right yeah, in sure. Tulsa, Carolina. And and so I, I feel very comfortable having the Cowboys in the good old Fun Belt. All right, Dusty, let's go on that tangent. Let's just let's just pretend that this is going to happen. If you could pick two programs from the Big 12 to poach, who would be the best fit? I think I'm going with Oklahoma State. I think the, the good yeah. old T. Boone Pickens money that he left there on the facilities <laughs> would be a place that I, I'd love to visit. Um, uh-huh. Don't really care too, too much about their programs or know too much about them. Uh, know that they're pretty good at the Big 3. Uh, baseball, basketball, uh, men's basketball, and football. I got to go with TCU. Um, nothing wrong with going to Fort Worth. Great stadium that I've been, I've been there for. Uh, great facilities again. And, uh, you know, a, a place that uh, ULM hasn't had good success. So maybe we could turn the ship once they're conference mates. Okay, Ben, if we could draft a letter to Commissioner Gill and recommend two teams for us to poach from the Big 12 right now, who are they? Yeah, I, I, I like uh, Dusty's. I'll, I'll throw in another Texas school. I like I like Texas Tech in, in there. You know, you got good basketball, good football there, uh, and some some fun high scoring games. Right? You, you need you need forty points a game in the in the old air raid. Uh, I think that would be a whole lot of fun in the fun belt. Uh, they they fit fun belt uh, football, don't they? Yeah, I think so. But you know what? Uh, I, I like both of those all those programs too. But I'm looking for teams with a little bit of pluck, with something like they have to prove something. And I think to me that might be TCU and Kansas State. Those seem to me like the two teams that might be the sunbelty kind of teams that could come in, uh, find immediate home with the conference, and then uh, we can just kind of move on from from that point forward. But yeah, I, I think all those are good. Hey, we should go ahead and as representatives of the Fun Belt podcast, we should probably draft this letter on some very formal letterhead and make sure that Commissioner Gill receives it because he probably is probably looking for advice from us. I, I expect nothing less. I expect nothing less. And 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 actually, you know, one, once you mentioned Texas Tech, I know I, I'm a bad Texan Living here, uh, I, I still try to hold on to my Sunbelt roots, though. Uh, I forgot about Texas Tech. Due to the tortillas and them throwing them on the field, I, I rescind my offer to Oklahoma State, and I go oh, to okay. Texas Tech. 
Oh, oh, wow. Okay. All right. You know, here's something interesting, too, that came out of the whole. Uh, it kind of reminded me of what happened back in 2016 when the Big 12 was did their sort of song or a dog and pony act and want everybody to perform for them. And then they ultimately said, no, we're not going to pick any of you. Uh, the sort came back was the this something that Dan Wolken kind of picked up on, and that was that these Big 12 teams are sort of looking for some academic cred. You know, they were talking about, well, we want schools that are members of the Association of the American Universities, which is a lot of research universities. In fact, that's kind of why they were really looking at Pittsburgh at one time. And when Tex- Texas A&M left and when Missouri left, both of those uh, schools are also members of the AAU. They were really looking for schools to fit that kind of research and academic profile. Uh, if you look at the list here of what kind of schools are are AAU members, you got schools like Tulane and Oregon and Rice and Berkeley and USC and Stanford. So you got all these sort of well-heeled universities. Do you think that they're going to continue trying to increase their academic profile by by seeking out schools that have that kind of ability? Or do you think they're finally going to just go, okay, we're just looking for good sports programs? So yeah, you, you got to go, you got to aim for the money, man. Yeah, at this point, I think you got to go grab some team, you know, like, like if they could boot Kansas football out of their league, I think they would. Uh, I'm not sure how many games Kansas football would win in the Sun Belt, to be brutally honest with you. Um, but, but I think it's one of those situations where how do you, you how do you have that balance? You know, the presidents want to associate with like, you know, con- like conference mates. They want to be able to, uh, you know, uh, raise their glasses of brandy at these conference meetings, right? And say, all right, we want to want to discuss, you know, tier one. Uh, AAU type uh, conversations, but uh, at some point you got to reach for the dollar and, and uh, you know, let's not forget, I mean, coming off of COVID year two, a lot of these programs have some debt service and some facility debts that they're sure. still having to pay for. So uh, if there are shortfalls there, Hey man, you, you got to reach and, and you got to make a, a, a decision here. And I, I think you're going to start seeing uh, every program for themselves and, and put on their nicest prom dress to try to get that call. You know, I couldn't figure out what that tie was. Why Why was it so important for the Big 12 to have schools that have this academic and research profile? And the only thing I can think of, and I'm just speaking out of my butt here, but, you know, research brings a lot of money to a school. And so when they have already have that revenue stream that can pump in cash to the academic side of the university – Maybe they're looking to say, hey, that way the, 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 the sports program could be a little more self-sufficient and keep all that money. That's the only thing, reason I can think of that the Big 12 is interested in that. If any of you have any ideas on that, uh, I don't even know if it's that important, but it just struck me as something that, that, that was pointed out in 2016, and now it's coming back up in 2021. So I'm wondering if, if there's something to this this angle that I'm just not seeing. I feel like Ben lost me when he talked about uh, guys wanting to raise their glass of brandy and, and that immediately, I just, I lost it. Cause I, I could only think of being in new Orleans at Sunbelt media days and raising a good old PBR. So, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not one of the academics there to, to know about that. You're not, you're not a Johnny Walker black guy or Johnny Walker blue, like Jerry Jones. No, I, I met Johnny Walker once and, and uh, yeah, he, he wasn't a very nice guy. 
Hey, if you want to pour me a free glass of Johnny Walker, I'll take it. But yeah, I'll, you'll find PBR in my fridge. I guess that's what the Sun Belt is. So, all right, let's let's switch gears a little bit then, Dusty. You had said that if anybody moves, you feel like the the team that's going or the program that might move might be uh, the Cajuns. Is that a, a regional thing for you, or do you think that they've reached some sort of of criteria that they've met some sort of bigness criteria that necessitates necessitates that they move. Every year when I was in Louisiana, I would uh, try to specify as I paid my taxes that um, there was a part of that that didn't need to go to certain in-state institutions. One was in North Louisiana. One was in South Louisiana. Um, I'd be okay with them going, but you know, I, in, in all honesty, I feel like their facilities are, are right on par with a lot of like the American conference with the right opportunity for them to join a Big 12 or whatever we're going to call this new conference would be they would be able to step their game up. And I think that they've shown on the national stage, at least in, in three of the big four sports there of softball, football and baseball, that they can compete with any and everyone on any given night or day. You look at their softball team is is a constant, you know, top fifteen program in the nation. Baseball's right there on the cusp. But they've made the trip to Omaha in the past. Football had four billion bowl game wins in a row with uh, Hudspeth at the helm. Um, <laughs> so you know, I, I I feel like they're there uh, academically. Excuse me, athletically. See, I can't even talk. Y'all have me all flustered. See, I'm, I'm saying good things about the Cajuns, and that's all anyone can hear is be like, God, he, he tried to defund the Cajuns. Um, it's absolutely killing you. <laughs> that's a T-shirt we need to make, by the way, defund the Cajuns. Um, <laughs> but I feel like athletically, they're right there where they need to be. Um, I really don't know much about the school side to be able to comment to say if that's something that they would be able to step their game up to and transition over. But athletically, no doubt. I mean, I, I feel like they would. I, the one drawback I have is that Lafayette is just kind of in the middle of nowhere when it comes to the logistics of trying to get in and out. Now, they do have a regional airport that they can fly in and out of, mm-hmm. but it's not a, a the big city like if it was a Birmingham or New Orleans or anything like that. And, and stepping outside of the Sun Belt, everyone always says that Louisiana Tech is the next school that can go. They're in the same yeah. boat. Every time Louisiana Tech leaves to fly off to wherever they're playing, they have to go to Monroe. Here's here, here's another thought, because Louisiana is right. You've, they've got the baseball program that's always humming. They've got a football program that's humming. The basketball program at times hums. Something that I've noticed when these realignment things come along is that usually the iron strikes where it's hot. Wouldn't Coastal Carolina, with its national baseball championship – and with its sudden rise as a football darling, would they not have maybe a, a sort of insider's uh, a pass into going wherever they felt like going to? Yeah, yeah. What, what conference has taken them? Uh, let, let's be brutally honest. And oh, by the way, on the on the academic side, uh, Louisiana has a uh, the folks in Lafayette have an endowment of one hundred and fifty three million, as compared to some of these schools in the Power Five ranks are in the billions with a B. So yeah. um, I think that's a, that's a, a certainly a, a hurdle. Uh, Coastal Carolina has a major issue in terms of uh, financial wherewithal, and I um, I think. 
there are folks that still call them Coastal, uh, Coastal Carolina Community College. So um, they, they couldn't hold themselves very well uh, academically. And yes, their, their endowment is under 55 million. Uh, that is pennies. They just don't have the money uh, that much. I mean, they, I know they had the wealthy, uh, their head coach initially uh, to launch the, you know, launch from the FCS to the FBS ranks, but um, they, they are the darling uh, certainly this year. And, and I think there's a lot of folks that are, that are interested to see how they uh, piggyback on that. A little fun fact, the chance uh, two highest uh, attended home games uh, are the Panthers of Georgia State in back-to-back years in 2019 and 2017. Uh, quick story about them, Georgia State was trying to play Georgia Tech uh, in, in a rescheduled game uh, when Central Florida canceled, and Coastal Carolina said, no, we don't want to cancel Parents Weekend in Conway. So, FCS uh, mentality. It, it, it truly is. Uh, you know, I, I'll be honest, when, when they joined the league, I was I was very surprised. I thought the presidents just wanted a, you know, a getaway to Myrtle Beach. They oh, really know a lot about that. Nice. But, um, you know, they've, they've proved me wrong, especially from the football side of things. And, and basketball can be a little bit tougher there with uh, with Cliff Ellis as well. So, uh, but yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of on the lower end in terms of budget, which it all does come down to money. Ben, you had you did make some good points that uh, you have brought up before. I, I just reading your stuff and and following you along. You you talk about endowments and you talk about uh, uh, money and some and oftentimes you place Georgia State as in a position to where perhaps uh, the the doors are open for them. Do you think Georgia State is a is a school that might be able to to kind of call their own shots? Well, that, that was the goal. Uh, president Mark Becker just retired uh, his last day uh, in in office as the president. He he was the president that launched football and uh, has, has basically been the, the captain of the ship uh, in terms of moving uh, the facilities to a whole nother stratosphere here in Atlanta. Um, we, we know it's a crowded you know sports uh, landscape here in Atlanta. Uh, you know, it being a professional town as well as having University of Georgia and Georgia Tech. Uh, but at the same point, um, you do have, you know, the largest, uh, I believe they're fourth right now uh, in terms of student body base in the nation um, with over 53,000. So that's a whole lot of student fees that they can uh, soak up and utilize for athletics and funding scholarships and things that way. Uh, very interested to see what the new president, uh, he comes from Georgetown University briefly. He's been at uh, places like uh, the University of Miami, uh, other other Power Five stops as well along his career. Uh, Brian Blake is his name, and he's he's in, uh, in the next few weeks, and he'll have a whole lot to uh, to work on uh, there with uh, with conference realignment. Uh, interested to see what his thoughts are and what he wants to do athletically. Um, to to your point, if he's content where it is, or if he's been at Power Five stops and realize uh, knowing what. You know, facilities are being built. You have a new, you know, ninety million dollar basketball arena that opens up next August. You have basketball or baseball and softball facilities happening already. Of course, the ongoing renovations almost every single year uh, there with the former Turner Field and Olympic Stadium. So, um, it, it is a candidate. It's it's eventually where where Georgia State would like to be. If you talk to anybody off the record, uh, just obviously a president dictates a lot. So they, you know, these, these conference realignment decisions, they, they come down to presidents, the ADs and the head coaches don't have a whole lot to say. So uh, very interested to see what, what that presidential change is. And uh, he, he looks to leverage Atlanta as well. He's a Georgia tech graduate. So he's used to being downtown Atlanta. And um, so he's, he's, it's, it's going to be fun to see where his uh, head's at. And, and uh, I know that fan base is looking at, Hey, uh, why couldn't you be in, in office already to answer some of these questions? 
or he's a mole and he's there to sanitize Georgia State to ensure <laughs> Georgia Tech returns to glory in downtown Atlanta. That's that's that sounds likely. I that's think. a sinister move, man. And I, <laughs> I credit him, man. That's that's amazing. Go ahead and get in the inside and and you know run the city down. There you go. Georgia Tech used to send their football players to Georgia State for night classes. Man, it, we, it, it was it, it was funny. It, they they really did. It was uh, it was pretty amazing. Some of the guys that, that couldn't be engineers, they sent them over there to the business school. <laughs> hey, I, okay, I have a, a switching gears a little bit, Dusty. You had kind of inspired this this line of questioning because you had kind of set up some some schools you thought might uh, be elevated. Uh, you talked a little bit about UCA, for instance, and, and Jackson State, and we kind of talked about a little bit of that offline. But what about some of the independents out there that still don't have a conference? I'm talking about Liberty, for instance, and UMass. And well, I think UConn is still out there, too. Mm-hmm. Do they, these guys see anything that uh, any opportunities for them with this new realignment that's about to happen? Or do you think they're content with being sort of a, a, a independent? Um, contractors so UConn and UMass if we're going to add them let's just go back to our roots get New Mexico State and Idaho back in once again no, Idaho, stop. once again we are plugging the Kibbe Dome we are plugging oh. the Kibbe Dome um no but I don't see the value of going to New England for a Sunbelt conference maybe mm-hmm. we got to rebrand and then sh- we got to rebrand too so uh no uh not a fan of those Liberty to me is the big wild card because they tried to buy their way in to Conference USA. They tried to buy their way into the Sunbelt Conference back in 2014 even. And I think the bulk of the presidents and athletic directors were just kind of turned off by the whole Jerry Falwell religious over-the-topness and everything else. I mean, they wouldn't get to raise their PBR or a glass of brandy um, there. Yeah, but since then, Dusty, Falwell is gone. I, I agree, but there's still yeah. Junior and all of that shenanigans. Um, yeah. They fit the footprint athletically and academically, I believe. I think I would add them because it's kind of the same reason you talk about Coastal. They're, they were they were kind of one of the darlings last year. They got Hugh Freeze for at yeah. least one more year until you know he gets that next bigger, better opportunity. But then, if you add Liberty, who is your other team to make sure you keep the balance? Or do you even force one of your non-football playing schools to start up a program? I, obviously, the answer to that, Dusty, is if you add Liberty, you just have to bring back Idaho. I. <laughs> Do you have my vote? <laughs> I know. Oh man, and, that's, and that's, we, we, if you and I disagree on anything, it'll be Idaho. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dropping this nugget for for all the listeners we have out there. We're working on getting yeah. Commissioner Gill here, and yes, I will propose that Idaho return for at least <laughs> football and track, so that we can all experience the Kibbe Dome. And I can't speak for for uh, for anyone else here on the show. But I know I will be like, no! <laughs> Everybody but I know. Are, are you trying to say that we wouldn't be able to take the show on the road to the Kibbe Dome? I, I, I don't know if I want to take the show on the road to the Kibbe Dome. You, uh, sir, have no sense <laughs> of tradition and Listen, honor I, and everything else. 
I'm sure the Kibbe Dome is really nice. I just I just remember it being a really long plane trip to Idaho. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know. I don't know why I have misgivings against Idaho. I always kind of make fun of them when they were with the Sun Belt. I make fun of them now that they're not with the Sun Belt. So maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the snob here when it comes to Idaho. If you guys want to, Ben, I can't, I don't know what your opinion is on Idaho, but if, if you both want Idaho back, uh, just to be a good soldier for the Fun Belt podcast, I will join you in that. I will yeah, join yeah. you in that. I, I, I can't co-sign on the, on the Idaho loan. Uh, sorry. It doesn't sound fun to summer in Moscow nor fall. They're probably better fit to, uh, to sit in the FCS ranks. But, you know, you're talking about uh, two, two programs in UMass and UConn a little bit earlier. I mean, they basically dropped down and dropped out. You know, they, they are almost, uh, you know, de facto uh, non-Division One programs, basically. They're, they're in their, uh, you know, respective areas. When I mean, you're talking about any kind of coverage in, in that region, uh, they're on page 17 or 20, you know, it, regardless of the game. Uh, but I think Liberty, like you said, Dusty, is pretty interesting uh, because they have a tremendous amount of money. Uh, they have Power 5 money, uh, the, even, uh, and I think being an independent, um, I know you you mentioned back in 2014, you know, you had uh, shortly thereafter, you had a new AD come in, you have a new president, obviously, uh, with uh, Junior out of the way. Uh, you know, what do they believe they are? What, where do they believe they should be? Uh, because they have a tremendous amount of money, as we, we know, too. I mean, they're, um, they have online revenue that just continues to buoy that program. They, they have enough money to go anywhere they want. But also, you mentioned traveling. Uh, you know, Lynchburg, Virginia is not a super easy place to get either. Um, so you have those challenges. And, and um, it all, again, comes down to what we talked about earlier. You know, who, who do these presidents want to associate with? You still have, you know, whether you're, um, you know, the, the presidents obviously are gone. Uh, you still kind of have that swirling stigma of what happened before. And, uh, you know, the, certainly the shenanigans in the last, uh, you know, 16 to 24 months uh, with Junior and, and what was going on with his wife and in their own household. All right. I want to put a, a, a little bow on this topic because I, I feel like we've we've covered it pretty well. But now I think we need to wrap it up by packaging it up and and laying it out there for our, our many, many fans. Dusty, you are Commissioner Keith Gill. What do you say to the Sunbelt uh, programs to convince them to stand pat? I think you're really looking at the recent success, and I think that that honestly is a true glimpse of what this conference can do. Um, 3-0 against the Big 12. You know, If you want to go to the Big 12, that's fine. We'll be 4-0 next year. Um, so I, I think that that's a big selling point. I think from a budgetary standpoint, we're fairly regionalized so that your travel costs are going to be within budget. You know, the exciting news that we're adding Idaho is going to be the outlier, but. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) But let me, let me spin this on you there though, Jeremy. It's 14 teams in Conference USA, and that's yeah. always been the big rumor of Conference USA, Sunbelt, merging, swapping schools, whatever. What does that look like in your mind? And, Ben, I throw that to you as well. I'll take it first. I would love to see a Conference USA Sunbelt super merger, only for the reason that we've never seen anything like it before, and I think it would get generate so much buzz 
that it would actually put Power Five conferences in the backseat for a couple of weeks. I feel like something like a super mega conference might be the wave of the future. I kind of feel like the SEC is pushing us to that anyway. So why not just go ahead and pull the trigger on that now, Ben? Let's just do that now. You want to get ahead of the game, basically, for uh, get ahead want, of the game. You, you instead of being reactionary, be proactive. I, I, I do certainly appreciate that. Um, I, I, I think the interesting part about it, and we've heard some rumblings, certainly out of Conference USA schools and things like that. They weren't super happy. Uh, I know folks down there at Southern Miss. Uh, we're not thrilled about things. You hear, hear UAB looking around and things like that. Um, you know, let's not forget, I mean, Birmingham is one of the strongest uh, TV markets every single Saturday in college football as well. So you have a tremendous amount of eyeballs there um, in, in Birmingham on any given Saturday. But um, I think it's going to be interesting now because you're going to have situations, as we've mentioned, as the SEC gets larger the opportunities for those out-of-conference games disappear and dissipate. Um, you've already seen really in the last three, four, five years, these Power Five powers are not even playing group of five schools at all. Uh, they're not, you know, they're, they're looking at the neutral, you know, games and paydays and things like that, which now in some cases may become conference games here very shortly. So um, I think to carve things out for me, a scheduling point of view, an exposure point of view. Um, and I think more than anything else, um, just trying to get yourself out there and and leverage what you have. And certainly the Sunbelt has a whole lot to uh, to offer uh, for those folks that are looking around because, uh, you know, our, our conversations cannot be unique uh, in terms of other presidents and ADs. They have to be looking at the landscape and saying, what the heck are we doing here? Uh, what are we doing in the next two or three years? So um, a super conference would be interesting. I don't know how you divide that up in terms of, uh, you know, east, west, Central uh, pods. How do you work that? And then all the other sports as well would be fun. You know, give, give me, you know, give me a a, a mini NCAA tournament uh, conference tournament. You know, invite you know, all twenty eight teams in and, and uh, down to Pensacola. That'd be a blast. God, you are reigning truth. If for us to 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 put that down onto the college football landscape, we would be heroes to America. Dusty, agree with us here. I just want to know how Louisiana Tech would go to the commissioner to say, we're not going to play the school, you know, 30 minutes down the road, we forfeit. Um, Dusty, help us. Dusty, help us understand this. I don't know if, 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 if Ben is, is, is well uh, versed in this Louisiana hatred as you are. I only have, I only get whiffs of it from Arkansas. Is there really this much hatred between Louisiana Tech, ULM, and Louisiana excuse me, ULL, that you guys could not get along in the same conference. Man, I feel like we could expand this whole episode with this. So here's in recent years where all of the animosity comes from. 2012, you have a pretty good Louisiana Tech team. I want to say they were 9-2, and two, maybe 10-2, and two, somewhere in there. The whole bowl system was blown up. The Independence yeah. Bowl that traditionally had a Big 12 and SEC matchup couldn't fulfill their obligation, so they wanted whatever the best matchup was to fill the stadium. Louisiana Tech, ULM, both bowl eligible, both lead a home, match made in heaven. ULM accepts, yep, first ever bowl game, we're there, Louisiana Tech. We got to play who? Mm. <laughs> I think there's a better bowl for us. We'll get back to you. And then oh, a 9-2 and two 
nine and three, ten and two, whatever they were, sat at home with no bowl game because they refused to play the Warhawks. Now the Warhawks, though, then you have Derek Dooley, their athletic director at the time and head football coach, saying at a booster meeting in Monroe about how Louisiana Tech is far superior to any of the schools in the state and that they are the elite university. I remember that, and, and I then, remember stroking my chin. And when then I that. you have good old Tommy with his that he doesn't know why any school would want to be in the Sun Belt. They should all be aspiring to move up into Conference USA, oh, where it's so much better in the green grass and money flows. And it's just sunshine, rainbows, and beautifulness. Uh, so, Dusty, I don't hear any anger or animosity in your voice when you discuss this. You know, what's funny, you talk about 2012. That was a great year for ULM. You beat Arkansas. You had, uh, was it Browning as the quarterback? You had great players on that team. Why wouldn't you want to face them in the Independence Bowl? We wanted to. They didn't want to face us. <laughs> They ran. Back in the uh, 80s, I'll tell you, the Louisiana Tech-NOU rivalry back in the day, you know, uh-huh. it, it was it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. You know, you dominated them. Um, ironically, our Hall of Fame coach, Pat Collins, Tech grad, if you can't beat them, you join them. Uh-huh. Shifting gears up to your other thing about the whole ULM Louisiana Lafayette moniker. There was a state clause yeah. that happened sometime in the 80s uh-huh. where they randomly changed their name from the University of Southwest Louisiana to the University yep. of Louisiana. It uh-huh. only lasted four days, and the state legislator <laughs> said, nah, there's only one flagship school, so if you're going to be UL anything, you have to have a designation unless you're in Baton Rouge. So they had to go back to USL. Well, lo and behold, they somehow suckered our president, Lawson Swearingen, which is a curse word on the campus of ULM, into changing to direction from Northeast Louisiana to University of Louisiana Monroe. But Lafayette left the Lafayette part. Don't worry, though. It's just for athletic purposes. That's why you go to louisiana.edu, and it is their school website. (laughs) President Nick Bruno caves Uh in. I remember that. No one cares. I wrote a story about this because, Dusty, I really wanted to understand and and found that 1980s law and and found out what Frank Bruno had done and all this. And quite frankly, you know, I was like, well, I don't really care if the Cajuns want to be Louisiana. But then I, I, I dug in deep and realize why that would make ULM so angry. So uh, I think what we need to do at some point, I bet Ben could also weigh in from his perspective in Georgia about the the rivalries that make them the angriest. GSG. Yeah, there's... There, there's, ben, there's, there's nobody. Wait, there's nobody in Georgia that you care about, right? That really Yeah, there's, there's, the, there's that school, that directional school down there that I think you can awesome. still... Um, you, you can still put a bean in a plastic bag and grow it, and that actually is a graded assignment. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, hey, ben, they have magic water on their campus. 
It's, it's, um, they do it, exactly. It's a drainage ditch that actually they oh, baptize their uh, their players in. This is a true story. There's video evidence of this. It's truly. Uh, I'm telling you right now, if you can go through that creek, uh, you, you you may as well be vaccinated. You you won't get COVID. There's there's things that are far worse in beautiful Eagle drainage ditch uh, that that are far worse that will grow on you uh, rather than anything else uh, the rest of your life. You know, Ben, I I don't have your exposure to Georgia Southern, so my I have an agnostic view to Georgia Southern. <laughs> I, I find some of their traditions to be very charming, and of course, that football team can be very good. Sure, uh, but that creek is the dirtiest thing I've ever seen. It's <laughs> like it's why. Great. Terribly. How do you glorify this thing? You know, in, in Texas State, they've got like a, a beautiful river that goes by. It's crystal clean. It looks great. And they don't brag half as hard as this damn muddy creek. <laughs> it's, it's, it's truly incredible down there, man. It's, uh, you know, it, we, we call it the devil's highway is what that what goes down to uh, this place world. There's nothing down there. Uh, but no, it's it's a wonderful rivalry. You know, I, you were you're talking about riding uh, road, road back in 14 when they joined the league that it was going to be great for both schools. Sure. Um, and, and the vitriol I got uh, out of their fan base, they, they're they're very proud and very uh, excited about their about their football. Uh, don't talk to them about any other sports. They don't exist. Football is the only thing that happens. They have no other varsity sports unless they lose. And then, uh, uh, then they're mad about that. But no, it's, uh, you know, of course, the, the moniker, uh, the, you know, who became a university first. Math is very right. difficult at the school down there. Uh, it just is, it, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I even joke, uh, Grambling State University, a little bit closer to you uh, guys, uh, became a university uh, more recently than Georgia Southern's uh, women's college did, but that's okay. Um, you know, we, we, what I always like to say, don't, don't let facts get in the way of a good argument, right? You see, like what I'm hearing from both of you is, is, is a, is a, just sort of a simmering anger that I can't quite comprehend because I just don't have that kind of rivalry here at Arkansas State. We need that kind of in-state hatred. We've been looking for that. You know, I've been joking around that Texas State should be our, our but they're just so lovable. Yeah. So, we, you know, and we want to be rivals with like the Cajuns, but they've got ULM and we'd love to be rivals with Georgia State, but you guys got Georgia Southern. So, Arkansas State just sort of sits, uh, you know, up in Jonesboro, just sort of waiting for somebody to make us angry. And, you know, sometimes maybe maybe this season will be one of you guys. That would be great. Catfight. Y'all's rival <laughs> needs to be South Alabama. We said we're going to boost up South Alabama this year. Y'all's oh, yeah. South Alabama. I hate South Alabama. Those guys, they, they can go to hell. They're terrible. I'm going to see if I can stoke up that rivalry, see if that can happen. I don't think we got canceled due to calling Dion Dion, but we're going to get canceled after this week. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. This might be our final broadcast. I know our mobile listenership just jumped. <laughs> I know, you might get a visit from Georgia Southern dignitaries there, Ben. I don't know. We, we might not hear from Ben again. So, uh, Dusty, do you have anything you want to plug before we uh, sign off? Thanks for the support that we had on episode one. Um, Looking forward to continuing this, and uh, hopefully the shows only keep getting better. I know we have a good time with it. If people listen, that's a bonus, um, but we appreciate everyone for listening. Uh, email us, funbeltpc at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter, 
Thumbbelt PC on the Twitter machine and uh, looking forward to uh, seeing what kind of trouble we get into next week. Okay. Hey, Ben Moore, what you got? Hey, man. Yeah, it's it's going to be exciting. Uh, we, we talked about some of the guests we're working on. Uh, we All three of us are, are pretty well connected as well. We're going to have some exciting guests for folks to jump into the podcast. Appreciate everybody listening. And and uh, as we stretch from uh, you know east to west here in the Sun Belt as we continue to grow our, our sea legs here with this uh, with this podcast. And we'd love some ideas, too. You want us to break some things down and, and talk about things, rivalries we want to see, uh, additions that we want to have to the conference. Uh, next sports, I don't know. It's, you're watching the Olympics, maybe swimming and diving to the Sun Belt. I don't know. We can come up with something. Yeah, sure. Hit us up in our DMs on our uh, on our Twitter account or Fun Belt PC. Just uh, look us up and uh, and give us a follow. Uh, I write for uh, HowRazor.com. You can check out things that I'm writing. And if any of you want a handsome Fun Belt PC T-shirt. Just hit me up on my uh, DMs, uh, A-State Fan Rules, and uh, I'll see if I can hook you up with one. That even means you two. If you guys want if you guys want a T-shirt, you oh, I'm sliding in your DMs right now. Oh, yeah. Slide right exactly. in. Exactly. And, uh, uh, and I will negotiate. Do right. big, though, for me? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You might have to stretch yours out. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pick a medium in honor of Hudspeth. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>